Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's good. That's always fine. Well, of course. I just woke up not so long ago, so you know that's kind of a daily routine for me, as as they say, as the cool kids say. Well, you know what, my routine when I'm writing right. um, books, I'll I'll write all day, and then I'll take a couple edibles at night, and right when they kick in, that's when I always do my uh, your footnote best work. your best writing. Ever. I, I do my I do my I do some of my best writing yeah, here, but I right. always tend to do the footnotes because I don't know mm. why, because I guess I, I, I can't uh, I can't I can't get caught writing anything too insane. Yeah, in my highness. So if <laughs> yes. I'm just doing footnotes, it's kind of like busy work, but it keeps me it keeps me going. So sometimes I, I write and sometimes I'm like you. My best writing comes at night after being a little loaded, after drinking, smoking, whatever, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever the gimmick. But I've noticed that nighttime, 1, 2 a.m., that's when the best material comes out of you naturally. And I realized after years of doing this sort of thing, you know, I would take, you know, I would write stuff down uh, like notes, like yourself. And, you know, sometimes I would say, well, maybe I will remember some of this and say it during the show. But some people were saying, no, don't don't ever really say any of your first initial thoughts and reactions. Uh, but that's all bullshit. No, no, no. You want to go with your gut. You you want to go with your intuition, your your gut, as they say. Because trust me, it makes for much more compelling a radio or a or a podcast, as they say here. I agree. I like to, um, you know, I might not always keep everything that I write when I'm a little baked, but uh, I, I'll tell you what. I've it goes somewhere, though. It will go somewhere. Trust me. I, I've 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 done a couple shows where I've been um, you know when you can, if I watch them back I can tell like when when the edible kicked in because I went on some tirade you about, went deep yeah it, it, and I just went on on, on just on came unhinged right was railing against something and it was actually pretty you know I've done it a couple of times actually it always turns out pretty good tiny bit you know afraid of what what may also slip out that is you know maybe socially unacceptable but that's um, the fun part though you know sometimes you make the these part. mistakes and then the next day you um are, are you're you're sort of told what you said and you're you're like wow that was I really said that that was me well yeah <laughs> yes. I, I 
and I'm okay with that too. Me too. I'm all right with uh, with with getting out of my comfort zone. But uh, I've done. There's been a couple shows where I was like, you know, it would really spice this thing up tonight. There you go. As if I was really high. For there you it. go. Right. Yeah, and so I'll do that from time to time, and then the. Um, and, and it always it always feels good. I've I've only had a couple times, and, and when I look back on them, they're they're real obvious to me. But I've had a couple times where I like glitched out and wasn't really sure where I was going with something, and then I, I kind of stall for like maybe two or three seconds, and then I get back on track. Kind of like a like if a record like an old yeah. record player or Those, a CD player that yeah. kind of skipped a little bit. Your brain got fragmented there for a second. Yeah, just. A, just a second, just enough to kind of throw me off and, and, and think, holy shit, did I, did I say that? Or am I just thinking it, you know, like when you're that high, you get in the zone sometimes. And, and again, you go back and you listen and you're like, wow, I have no idea where any of that was coming from. And lots of times I say these things off the top of my head and then I go back and I'm like, wow, I sound pretty goddamn brilliant. This is insane. <laughs> wow, where did that come from? Maybe you're just brilliant. Maybe well, you're just. I feel like I have divine. I, I have divine intellect. I, I truly believe. I, look, if we're if we're talking about the sorts of insane and unusual topics that we cover on our shows, right? Uh, we've we've got to have some form of brilliance wrapped around insanity a little bit. A little and autism, just, right? A little Asperger's. A little bit, yeah. yeah, we're it's a little like you get a little on the spectrum when you start talking about these things, but. Uh, you know, I, look, I'd love to go. I'd love to go change the whole format of my podcast and and talk about football and baseball and all that stuff. Well, you still but, can. Well, what's the problem, Charlie? Well, the problem is that I feel like I have to prioritize, and, and that as long as what as long as we're facing these insane maniacs running our world and these massive problems that are being uh, introduced to us yeah. seemingly daily. I feel like my priority has to be there. Wait, well, okay, uh, and I see. Maybe if we get that solved and, and all sorted out, then I can go to talking about, you know, unicorns and rainbows. Well, and, maybe, well, first of all, you are the author of the octopus of global control. And of course you have, you're the host of the podcast macro aggressions i believe that is correct i remember that correctly then wow yep very that's a, nice that's a good start yep that's so i've been uh the podcast came out a little over a year ago right when right when the whole covid thing came yeah. out didn't mean to time it that way just just worked out that way that's march of early right. march 2020 and uh you know, gave me something to really focus on while we were all dealing with this uh, craziness and and kind of like gave me an opportunity to get it out of my system in a way that, uh, you know, I felt better sort of releasing some pressure from inside of me. Because, God, when you see the sorts of things that that we've seen over the last year and you can recognize um scams or, or, uh, disinformation and in these social engineering tactics that are rolling out in front of you, it's like, you've got to say something about it or you'll just explode. And, and since I'm not in a position with, with a lot of my friends and family where they're, you know, they're not very supportive of, of the things that I talk about. I, I, I didn't have an outlet except for the podcast really. And, and so it's been, it's been wonderful to to do that and, and to have people connect with it as far as uh, getting a lot of emails, people saying, I'm feeling the same thing. Are you, it's are good. You it's as much for me as it Charlie, is for anybody else. Charlie, I hate to cut you off there and jump in here, but I got to ask, are, are you the crazy uncle of the family? Yeah, well, to some. yeah, okay. kind of. A little bit. Yeah, and but I don't, I mean, 
I don't volunteer the information anymore. I don't, I don't talk about it with, with a lot of the people, um, in my family or, or, or even really close friends. You, you can't, I can't. It's I like le- fight club they, rule one. Yeah. They, they know if they have, you know, if something really bizarre happens, I might get a call from them or I might get a text like, Hey man, what do you make of this? You know, they know that if it's, if it's something unusual, I'm probably aware of it. But as far as, you know, the vaccine stuff, I can't, you know, I, I, there's just, there's too many people that aren't interested in hearing my thoughts on that. So I just keep it to myself as far as uh, my, in, in my personal life, but right. in my public life, I talk about it openly and I, and I'm willing to have the conversation with people that want to have it and, and, and get, uh, get into the, you know, in sort of the, what we're facing, uh, through, you know, especially sure. over the last year, but, yeah. but with strangers or, or, fa- you know, strangers that don't want to know, I'm not, I'm not seeking them out to try and like, you know, unload my opinions on them and, and family members as well. I just kind of keep it to myself. My wife is pretty, <clears throat> you know, she's, she's pretty tolerant of it, but we don't have lots of conversations. We're a min- about- we're in the minority, you know, other people yeah. out there, they, they don't have these sort of thoughts, you know, these things don't really consume them. They're kind of more, um, they're, they're more focused on their own lives and whether or not they're going to eat something tomorrow or they're going to piss off their girlfriends or wives. That's all that's really going on with some of these people. You know, they're pretty narrow minded. Not much is going on upstairs. Uh, uh, Charlie, you, you do, well, I know you know that, but I'm just saying that lots of people out there are like, uh, kind of like zombies, you know, it's pretty crazy. A lot of people yeah. are brainwashed to a certain extent. Yeah. And it's, you know, it would be, it'd be a fascinating case study if it wasn't so damn important that we try and wake people up to this. But I'll tell you, my, my tactics have, have really cha- changed over the last, um, well, over the last couple of months, I, I've, I found myself being less tolerant. Your tactics. Of, what does that mean? That, that reminds tact- me of the, the tiny hats, your tactics. No, no, no. no. What my kind tactics, of tactics? My tactics as far as, as, as far as like, it, I, I'm, I'm talking specifically about the vaccine agenda. My tactics, meaning if I talk to someone about, you know, explaining the dangers, the, of, of the pharmaceutical industry, their history, right, the right. vaccine industry, how how these things are rushed to market. If I'm trying to explain to somebody why it's dangerous to take the vaccine and, and why it's an unproven rush to market experimental technology that's being you know thrust upon us for for no really good reason, um, I can't have that conversation with people that are just going to say, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're an anti-vaxxer, you're anti-science. I don't, you know, go, you, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, I can't, I can't talk to those people. So Charlie, what's, what's your problem with science? Or do you get mad at science? What's, <laughs> what's your deal? Let's start there. Yeah, I'm anti-science, right? Um, <clears throat> it's just frustrating to, you know, you can't, it's a, it's a full conversation. What's you know, your problem vaccine, with Bill Nye? Let's start there. Oh yeah, let's start with Bill Nye, that <laughs> piece of garbage. Um, Sorry, I just had to throw his name in there. It's too funny. It's too funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, it's actually Bill Nye is actually kind of a perfect encapsulation of Americans' uh, view on science. They see somebody like Bill Nye or Neil deGrasse Tyson or one of these these guys, Michio Kaku, and they go, "Oh, that's science. That's a scientist." And and these guys are talking about science, and the science is settled because they said it's settled. Right. And it's like. Bill Nye is an actor. 
he's not a scientist. He's a professional actor. I mean, he's playing a role as a scientist, but if people are getting their science from Bill Nye, they're getting their science from a guy with a SAG card, you know, who, whose job it is to be on television. He's not a, he's not an actual scientist running actual experiments and doing any of that stuff. Neil deGrasse Tyson and these guys are television scientists. And it's important. I, I feel like it's important for people to differentiate between you know, when they say trust the science or the science is settled, it's like, well, well, what science are we talking about? Are we talking about paid science? Because that's most definitely open for interpretation. The more money you've got, the 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 more you can make a scientist say what you want him to say. That is proven daily by Bill Gates and his band of scientists that are totally bought and paid for. So when people want to sit, call me anti-science, well, I guess to a certain extent, I am anti-science. I'm anti-paid science for sure. And I think that if people don't know that there is a difference between the two and they just lump it all together in one big category and say, trust the science, it's like it's like saying, believe all women, you mm. know, when that whole thing was coming yeah. out with Kavanaugh. Trust all women. It's like, that's an idiotic, that's an idiotic uh, statement. That's a, that's that trust all women, just blindly trust every person that happens to be uh, a woman. That's... That's nonsensical, right? Uh, and 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 if you challenge that, then say, well, you're a, you're a you're sexist or something. It's like, what? How? How? I'm sexist. I don't have saying? blind faith myself, to be honest. Blind blind faith in uh, in in all trust all women in every single time. No, and all around. Saying. Yeah, I, I I add that to everything in the world. Right. <laughs> so so when they so then now the new version is is trust all science, and it's like. Well, what about the shitty science? Do we have to trust that science? What about the science that comes from these institutions that are financed by the government and financed by think tanks? And you know, should we trust that science too? Or are you really saying trust actual science? Because if we're talking about trusting actual science, well, then we have to throw the current vaccine program out because it's not actual science. They've even told you it's not actual science. It's it's tested. It's 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 unproven experimental tests. And we, the public, are the test subjects. Yeah, specifically so, the vaccine that you're uh, speaking of right now is definitely a, a experimental drug for sure. Yeah. That's to the a fact. point where people need to check with their life insurance providers to see if they've nullified their their policy. Because their policies say you cannot take experimental treatments, medical mm. treatments, or, or your policy is nullified. So it's like everybody that's virtue signaling online about got my Fauci ouchie and all that <laughs> garbage. Yes. Well, have you talked to State Farm or have you talked to whoever is providing your life insurance policy? Because they may have a real problem with what you've done. So, Charlie, and, obviously, yeah. I, I'm sorry to cut you off again, but obviously you're not going to get vaccinated, correct? That is correct. I will not be getting vaccinated for this. I, I, I trust, I trust science, but I also understand that the, the science behind this virus is that it has a 99.97% survivability rate for someone like me. And if I took a, if I took a test yeah. and I got a 99.97% on it, I wouldn't be asking the teacher for extra credit. I'd think that I'm in pretty good shape there. Yeah. Especially if the extra credit assignment that I asked for had the possibility of killing me. Yeah, and you're real and, and you're in relatively good shape. You're not out of shape. You're not um, one of these cardiomyopathy victims. I don't think you have any heart conditions. You're not diabetic. I mean, everyone's pre-diabetic. 
as they say in, in the medical field. Um, besides, aside from that, I don't think you have any health issues, correct? Correct. I don't have any health issues. The health issue that I have is is that if you watch the nightly news yeah. every single night, you will start to feel that you have like health issues. <laughs> yeah. Like you're sick or something yeah. or like you, sh- you should be sick or you're just about to get sick. I mean, it's it's bad. It's bad for your brain. It's bad for your uh, whole disposition. So I am not fearful of the television virus that they've made. I'm not trying to say that it doesn't exist. I'm not trying to say that it's it's not, yeah. you know, hurting people and things like that. Look, I mean, everybody make your own medical decisions for yourself. Obviously don't take medical advice from me. I'm just, this is my, my feeling on, on this. And, uh, based on the research I've done, based on the fact that, you know, every single one of these vaccine manufacturing companies is a convicted felon. They've been found guilty in court of fraud, uh, manipulating their data, uh, bribing doctors, uh, price fixing conspiracy, outright fraud, accounting fraud, all the fun stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe don't trust those people since they're all criminals running a criminal enterprise that's propped up by the government and has blanket immunity against lawsuits for a product that hasn't even cleared stage three trials on human beings. I mean, to me, that's just logic that I wouldn't participate in this. But to others, you know, logic goes out the window sure. the minute they feel threatened or they they start to get this fear uh, and and they're getting the fear because they're watching the news and the news is is perpetuating this because it's good for ratings. They have they get 60 percent of their ad revenue from big pharma, so they can't ever speak ill of big pharma lest they watch a billion dollars walk out the door. Right. So there's a lot of incentives for the media to keep this going. And when you know how psychopathic they are and how unconcerned they are with actually reporting facts and, and more concerned with driving narratives, it becomes quite clear to to people that are paying attention that this is really not um, – it's really not – as big a deal as the media is making it out to be and all of the additional steps that are happening in the wake of it, like vaccine passports, talking about this stuff, this is a massive overreaction. But of course, it falls right in line with this agenda that's being pushed to sort of uh, remove any sort of uh, free thought, any sort of informed consent. They want you to do what the government tells you to do. And if you get off of that, if you get anywhere out outside of the acceptable um, talking points, then you will be silenced on social media and you will have or you'll have your 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 account taken down by MailChimp. If you're a content creator and uses that for to service your email accounts or you use PayPal, I mean, they're weaponizing all of these companies to go after people that are fighting against this this narrative. So it's it's quite clear that there's that they've bet the farm on this, that it's very important for them to keep this thing going because fear sells and the fear of the virus is um, what they're going to use to transform society into something that will be completely unrecognizable for for us uh, just a couple years from now. And right now you can hear a jet flying over my house. I'm not quite sure if you can hear that, but... You're getting sprayed. I'm getting sprayed by something, Or yes. surveilled. Or that too. But no, there there is a military, or actually a naval facility rather, not too far from here. And lots of uh, jets, lots of helicopters, nonstop in this area, by the way. Very annoying. 
Um, but yes, I agree with you completely. And we are seeing clinical trials planned for an oral COVID-19 vaccine right now, a pill. And I think that's coming by a company called Oravax. I'm not quite sure, mm. but I think it is. And that's like, this is, it's a Israeli American company. Yeah. Now I remember. Not quite sure how that's going to work out, but that's going to be for those that don't want to get stabbed by a needle, which I think is uh, probably a good thing. But it, but then again, um, I'm not a medical expert, so don't you know go with whatever I say. Yeah, neither am I. Do your own research. Do your own uh, research. Yes. Yeah. Always, always do that. But if if it's if if we can have the conversations about these sorts of things that get people thinking. That's a Maybe good thing, I should yes. dig into this a little bit more. That's that's the that's the point. That's the goal. Not for me to be some. Obviously, I'm not a medical expert, but I I do understand that the pharmaceutical industry is one of the dirtiest industries in the world. They have been, you know, there the the number of scandals that they're involved in is almost too many to count. And I find it you know ironic that people are saying, God, I can't believe the Johnson and Johnson vaccine is is so dangerous. They pull it off the market. I mean, wow, that's crazy. Really? It's Is it really crazy that the company that knowingly put asbestos in the talcum powder for six decades made a product that isn't doing what it said it's supposed to do? You Really? That, How you're shocking, surprised right? by this? Shocking. Yeah. Um, but nothing uh, is nothing is bulletproof. The vaccine won't be bulletproof. I mean, having bypass surgery, surgery is not bulletproof. I mean, uh, any 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 um, surgical pr- procedure is not safe ever. There's risk. Yeah, there's, there's risk always to risk. All of this. There's yeah. risk in life. And what we've seen over the last year of 2020 was that, you know, the government is talking about things and pharmaceutical industries are talking about things as if their goal is to re- remove all risk from people that, you know, even if there's a, a fraction of a percentage of chance of somebody catching this thing, well, now we all have to stay in our house and, and mask up and yeah. do it. Like, since when? Well, why? The, you, the government, you, the government care about all of us? Really? You real? I mean, you expect us to believe that? So it can't be about that. It can't, it, it honestly can't be that they actually care about us. I think a more logical and reasonable explanation is that they're trying to control us. They've found that fear, which always works well, is is going to be the tactic that they use with regard to this virus. They are manipulating images on the news, like sh- like we saw recently, with they're showing pictures of, you know, a, a, an Indian person laying down on the sidewalk, oh, yeah. and they said, "Look, they died from they're just falling over dead from coronavirus here." And it's like, no, that picture was from three years ago. That picture was from a gas leak. It killed a bunch of people and the New York Post had to come out yesterday and then admit, oh, yeah, we used the wrong picture. No, you didn't. You used you're creating false narratives. This They're is creating what, an, an illusion, right? Yeah. Yeah. You are. You are. You're. And and much like we saw early on with the China, you know, with people. Oh, just, yeah. They were falling over. Yeah. Yeah. They're falling over. I, I didn't see any of that. I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, we, we didn't see any of that. So, so the fakeness on, in the media is, is obvious. It's becoming more obvious, but it's obvious for, for us or for your listeners or my listeners that, that are, you know, we're, we're sort of tuned into these sorts of things. We know what to look for. When you know what to look for, you'll see the fakeness everywhere. But if you're, if you're not, if you're not looking for it, it's like, you know, those, 
those paintings that you'll see in, in some places, it all just looks like a bunch of dots. But if you squint your eyes and kind of look at it funny, then you're like, oh, shit, an elephant. You yeah. know, and once, once you cross you see your the eyes, elephant, yeah. you can always see the elephant. But for those, some people just look at it and they can never see it. So I, that's how I feel like when I w- watch the mainstream media, which I don't often, but I, from time to time, I'll turn it on just to see what sort of lies they're spewing. And it's like, for me, I see the elephant every time. And I can, you know, you, by the use of words or the, you know, phrases like, oh, sources close to the president's thinking said that, and you're like, what does that mean? That means nothing. Or uncon- uh, unidentified Pentagon sources say, well, that's a lie. Whatever it is they say, just know that that's the setup for a massive lie that's coming your way. I'll so, ask you about that as we continue, now that yeah. you've mentioned the Pentagon. But I have to say, you know, none of this is new. You, the elite have been planning this since like 2010, I would say, maybe even before yeah. that. Uh, yeah. The plan to use a bioweapon to impose martial law, you know, to get um, quarantines going, to get us sequestered in, in our homes. I mean, all of this was planned a long time ago, and they tried it back with uh, Ebola back in 2014. Yeah. Uh, I do have uh, some audio here to play for you, but before we go deeper down the rabbit hole, I got to ask you, this is more along the personal sort of uh, questioning here, but in terms of the vaccine, I know you have kids, I know you have a wife. Um, what's going to go on with, with them? They're not taking it. They're not taking it? No. Okay. They're not taking it for the same reasons that I'm not taking yeah, it yeah. for. I just, I just can't, I can't justify the, it. it it's just a, a risk analysis situation I where you that. say, where am I in terms of the ability to live through this? Okay. If I'm at 99.97%, then that, then, then the best case scenario for me, if I take the vaccine, if the vaccine does everything it's supposed to do and there's no side effects the maximum increase i can get is 0.03% so i can get to 100% that's that's as far as i can go so am i going to take something that has downside risk and potentially you know unimaginable downside risk just to get 0.03% and the answer to me is no that's not a calculation that makes sense to me now if if the fatality rate was if it was 50-50 on dying from this thing, let's say it was really like the black plague and it was going around and, pe- and you did see people dropping dead, then my calculation might be something different. I still wouldn't be looking forward to an experimental rush to market vaccine that, that the CEO of Moderna even said uh, will install an operating system in you. I, I wouldn't be looking for anything like that, but I might be taking hydrochloroquine or some, what are the, you know, some of these other uh, items out there to, to give me the best uh, advantage. What I would also be doing would be improving my immune system any way that I could. Um, eating right, getting exercise, uh, drinking lots of water, taking vitamins, taking, you know, taking supplements and things like that. I would be boosting myself to give myself the, the best chance possible in the absence of some miracle drug that can, that can, come into play and fix everything. But, but if we notice over the course of 2020, we never heard the media talking about those things. In fact, right. quite the opposite. They, they shit all over it. Anytime you brought up hydrochloroquine, hell, it would get you kicked off of social media for, for talking about things like that. Not because it wasn't 
actually effective because it was, but because it was a generic and the pharmaceutical industry couldn't make money off of it. Therefore, it wasn't a, it wasn't treated as a viable option for them. And so any discussion of that was just moved right, you know, off the table. So, uh, yeah, I would we're not we're not looking You're not for doing it, yeah. a cure. We're not doing we're not doing the vaccine thing here. Um, what if what if later on? They claim it's like 100% effective. Would that change your mind at all? No. No, because because it would be coming from uh, three sources I don't trust. The mainstream media, big pharma, and the government. And, and, and I don't believe anything that they tell me. I just really don't. Now, I might be wrong on some of the things. They may be telling me the truth about some things, and I might discount it. But look, I mean, they have bad reputations. They, they, have, they are known pathological liars. All, all three of those institutions are, and, and frankly, I'll put big tech in there too, because big tech has been censoring people and they're as much co-conspirators in this whole thing as anybody else. So, oh, yeah. um, I, I just won't, I won't trust them I, because they have a long track record of lying about what they're doing, about the effectiveness of their treatments, about how it works, about how it doesn't work, who, you know, so, you know, I, I just, I just can't uh, take them at their word for 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 this vaccine or maybe others in the future simply because um they don't have the sort of credibility and authority on this on these things that I would need now now if there was a doctor that was working with some different ideas on how to treat these diseases or viruses and things like that I, I would be certainly open to that but if it's a pill or a shot uh coming from the pharmaceutical industry they can sit, they can keep it. I'm not interested in it. They could suck your ass. They could suck my ass. Right. For sure. And they may. <laughs> they may have to. I mean, they may want to uh, spread your cheeks anyways and, you know, swab up in there. They, they definitely want to Klaus Schwab my ass. They for, do that in China. Time. So, you know, <laughs> it's coming here soon China, enough. China's ahead of the curve, man. That's true. <laughs> America's a poser. We always want to copy them anyway. So, yeah, soon enough, we will be. You know, getting getting right in there with a couple fingers, two fingers in in the stink there. Yeah, yeah. Good God, I can't wait. big from big pharma and their buddies in China. Right, what could possibly and go wrong. By the way, I, I have to say, you know, the elite were planning this a long time ago. First with Ebola. Um, if you look into it, you find out that even even today, they they still don't have the cause, the the reason why this happened. The origins of Ebola are still quote unquote unknown. Doesn't that remind you of something? Mm -hmm. And of course, okay. if you look at these symptoms, they're pretty much like COVID-19. So, you know, this is pretty much a similar disease, pretty much the same thing. Um, what happened then is happening now, except this is like Ebola 2.0. And the government sort of corrected their mistakes the first time around. And now we can segue into audio that was recorded back in 2014 by a... Little known man by the name of Harry Vox. I'm not quite sure if you are familiar with him. I've had him on my show. Yeah, I like him a lot, by the way. Me I, too. I, would, I would love to have him on my show. He's a great guy. But yes, this is Harry way back in 2014. And I recall listening to this a long time ago and I thought, fuck, he was right. 
a hepatitis B vaccine program, and that's how they uh, slipped it in. And something like over like 90% of all the men who participated in that program eventually ended up dying of AIDS. So you say this Ebola is, is a repeat of that, of what you claim is the... Uh... It's the methodology of... of uh, it's a different kind of thing. For, back then, they wanted to uh, get rid of uh, gays and uh, test... Didn't work. Backfired, it, didn't it? it? Well, and gays then, are in the military. Gays are at all levels of government. Yeah, but in uh, the end, marriage in the end they made marriage. the money in their pharmaceuticals. So it starts off as this idea to kill off populations, and then when that doesn't work, okay, well, we'll have to just take the hundreds of billions of dollars for our pharmaceutical. So either way, if it works, they get to kill the blacks and gays. If it doesn't work, they get billions. Who's the target of Ebola then? In your opinion, this is your story. I mean, I'm not. I'm not signing out. I'm letting you speak about this. What is? I'll tell you the target of the entire planet Earth, uh, mostly uh, to uh, totally destroy these nations. And for the American people, here's the big one. Okay, because get ready for it. It's going to be. You know, the ruling establishment has a lot of. they, They will stop at nothing to complete their toolkit of. Control. So one of the things that has been missing from the toolkit of total control has been quarantines and curfews. Right. Mm -hmm. So now, welcome to the new world in America, where you will be able to get on a bus to go through a subway station. If you think that the procedures at the TSA are onerous and a little bit excessive, right? Guess this is coming to a bus depot near you. This is coming to a, a, a. you know, it's more. It's a more invasive way, and the ruling class needs this because what will happen is, you know, once we start, once if it ever occurs, which I don't think, I'm not sure it's ever going to occur because the, the we we have no fighting spirit left. America has is really beaten. The people are beaten, so they're very weak, and they don't. They can only deal like liberals will only deal with social issues, gender issues, or environmental issues. But if it comes to something like uh, freedom or fighting for democracy or fighting corruption. If it's not a gender issue, a liberal doesn't understand it and cannot do anything about it, right? It's kind of crazy how accurate he was back in 2014, yeah. right, Charlie? Yeah, man. Jesus. He's, he's, he's right over the target, too. And 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 I had Harry on, um, oh, boy, right around Christmas time. Nice. And, uh, okay. I didn't even know. He, yeah, he 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 he's great, man. He he talks about uh, in my episode. We didn't we didn't get into too much about that, but mm-hmm. that's how I found out about him was that 2014 interview. And I watched wow. and I go, I mean, here's a guy who's making a whole lot of sense, well in advance of of this. And and I even put in my octopus book, I put you know, there's quotes from over 500 different people. Not all not all of them are good people either. One of the quotes <laughs> I have is from yes. a guy named Eric Pianca, who's a evolutionary bi- a, a evolutionary biologist, yeah. a professor at the University of Texas, Austin, and uh, he talks about his his love of popul- population reduction and how he you know he thinks it's a good thing. And he says my favorite is airborne Ebola because it has such an effective kill ratio. I mean, it kills 90% of the people. He said, so for every one who survives, he'll have to bury nine. And he's talking about this, you know, you know, he, he literally says my favorite is airborne Ebola. Oh, of course, everybody's favorite is airborne Ebola. You fucking maniac. I mean, this guy is teaching college students. He's teaching them about this. And, and for people that, are sort of new to this information or maybe they've just kind of gotten into it because of what we've gone through in 2020. 
it's it, it might be a little tough early on to understand that there is a very real depopulation agenda. I know it, it gets, you know, people just get dismissed. They get out of here with that. That stuff sounds crazy. Look, I fully acknowledge and recognize that it sounds crazy. It it better sound crazy. If it sounds normal, then there's something wrong with you. But it 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 sounds crazy. But that doesn't mean that it isn't happening and that these people aren't writing about it and they're talking about it and they're put in positions of high power to make this stuff happen. I mean, Bill Gates' family, his dad ran Planned Parenthood for Margaret Sanger. I mean, Margaret Sanger started that as a solution to get rid of, quote, the Negro problem. So so let's not act surprised that Bill Gates Sr. might have taken some of that philosophy and then passed it down to his kid, you know, because th this is where we are. And when you get to a position of power or you, or a level of society where you've got all the money in the world and you, you start to view the rest of humanity as taking up a, you know, a little bit too much space on your planet. And if, if it wasn't for all these, you know, poor people, everything would run a, a lot smoother. Now, to be fair, if you've ever gone walk through Walmart for half an hour, you kind of get you kind of come to an, a conclusion where you're like, I'm not saying we should depopulate, but I understand. You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like there's there's a lot of dummies out there sure. that are clogging up the world and clogging up the system and not doing anything and not being productive. So, I you you get an you get a slight understanding of where they could be coming from, but they take it to such diabolical ends. You know, I might be like thinking in the back of my mind, I wish all these dummies were out of my way be so I could be at the front of the line when I'm yeah. checking out at this grocery store. But I'm not actually thinking of murdering them. These guys are though. These guys really have put plans in place that will thin out the herd in a way that's pretty indiscriminate as well. You know, they just don't care who has to go. They figure, look, if you're smart enough to figure it out, you make it to the next round. If you're too dumb to figure it out, well, then you should have figured it out and you're going to be removed anyway. So so it's, it's, it's tough when you first come to this information because – it makes you sick. It makes you feel like, oh my God, I can't even believe that there are people out there doing this. But once you get over the initial shock and you start to look at it objectively, it is obvious that there is a depopulation plan in place. And what Harry was talking about there um, isn't because he has a crystal ball. It's because he understands how these people think and he sees the plans that they put in place far in advance and he sees this rolling out so you don't have to be a psychopath to understand this you just have to kind of think like one and then it makes a whole lot of sense so so yeah um harry's a guy that can come on and and uh he can fill in a lot of the gaps for you i think for right. for, for all of us i mean he did with me i agree and that leads me to another uh sort of media personality that's been talked about i'm sure you're quite familiar with alex jones um, what's going on with Alex as of late? Have you been keeping up with our friend Alex Jones? Well, I had um, Mike Halpern on my show. He's the guy who he he's at Infowars now, uh, but he and I've known each other for a couple of years. And he sent me a, a message a couple of weeks ago, and he said, "I worked on this video for Infowars. I think you should check it out." I checked it out. I didn't realize when he said he worked on it for Infowars. I I, I didn't know what that meant. Till I see Alex in the studio with Rob Dude to the right and Mike mm. to the left, and I was like, "Oh shit! Okay, when you say worked on it, like you're you're in it." So he was talking about the Spars pandemic, 
and that doc, that document that came out in 2017 and he did a deep dive on that. And then I reached out and said, that was phenomenal. And of course the video went viral. It's got like 10 million views. And I said, Mike, would you come on and, and help me, you know, and explain this, uh, to my audience. So he did, uh, last week that episode was up. Uh, it, it lasted for a couple of days. It was, it went to number three in iTunes, uh, in the government section. It was a real popular conversation and then they disappeared it. <laughs> then Apple, Apple made it go away which I thought was really interesting. Um, it has wow. since returned, so I don't know what happened. I don't know if that was a technical glitch on their part or if that was uh, if they were instructed to take it down. But, but you know, our friend Alex in, in, uh, uh, in Austin is, um, you know, he, you know, he takes a lot of heat and, and, and rightfully so on some stuff, but I, I will always be appreciative of him for what he did early on for, helping my understand I don't know him personally I don't I've never met him but 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 that he was talking about things that were so far out into the future that it was um, more like a thought experiment to try and figure out well well what if he's right what if it what if what he's saying is right and this is either happened already or is going to happen and you kind of work backwards I mean he's He's been right about quite a quite a few things in in advance. Now I know he's got you know he's kind of a showman and he's he's kind of you know buffoonish at times and and I kind of like that component of it too. I mean I like it when he you know, says you know he's ripping his shirt off and screaming about the <laughs> globalists. Like it's entertaining. I find that I find that fascinating. I can understand why some people don't like him. I can understand um, that a lot of people have concerns about his, where his loyalties lie and which countries his loyalties lie. And I obviously have concerns about that as well. But if I'm just looking at it purely from the information that he's delivered over the years, man, a, a, a large percentage of what he's been talking about has turned out to be true on some levels. And I find that to be Interesting. Now, is he a, an information gatekeeper? Is he being controlled by intelligence agencies and things like that? Is he a limited hangout? Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, he's probably all those things. But um, but there are there are always some good nuggets in there. And you know, I mean, he, like as sure. an example, I'm talking about you know they're turning the frogs gay out there. You know, we gotta watch them. And and you go get the fuck out of here. They're not turning the frogs gay. And then and then you read five years later a document talking about how the hormones and plastics are screwing with the sexuality of frogs. And yes. you're like, holy shit. You mean this clip here? I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. <laughs> Do you understand that? That's hilarious, by the way. I understand that. I get it. Now, now, when you hear that in, I don't know, 2013 or something, you go, this man needs to be institutionalized. He's insane, yeah. He's out of his mind. But then years later, when you get the document and it talks about that in a scientific way and, and says, listen, this is, this is actually what's happening – then, I mean, I don't know, do we get in line to, to offer an apology to Alex Jones? I don't know, maybe, but, but I find that, um, some of these people, David Icke too, you know, uh, in 2009, David Icke put out a great video where he explains how they would use a virus as a method to, for martial law. And he lays out this elaborate plan, 2009, and I'll be damned if if like 80% of it wasn't exactly true and maybe the 20% we just haven't seen yet. So so sometimes these characters – and I love David and David has – my show is on his platform, Iconic, and, I, and, and I'm eternally grateful to David for everything he's done for me. So I, I, 
I just think that sometimes these these people, like maybe we should pay attention to them. Now, is it to say that they get everything right every single time? No, obviously not. But but they are over the target, and that is maybe one of the reasons why they're taking so much heat. And Alex getting deplatformed from all of these social media sites at the same time was obvious indication of of collusion. And um, and it's a shame because you know he he coined the term info wars, and that is such a an insightful term because what we have experienced over the last couple of years is is best described as an information war. Uh, who's got the who's got the real information? Who's got the fake stuff? Who's suppressing the good stuff and, and promoting the bad stuff? I mean, it, it's uh, it, we we have turned into a society that is driven by information, and everybody thinks they're getting the the right stuff. But in actuality, there's really only very few people that are that are getting the accurate information. The rest of us are just believing fairy tales that are spun to us by the by the corporate media. Absolutely. And we are getting closer to the end here, by the way, Charlie. So I'm going to change gears very so slightly here. And earlier you were talking about how you sort of want to talk about other things on your podcast and. You know, I had a suggestion for you. What what if you hold that sort of banter off until like the very end of your show? Yeah. I mean, you could do that in little bits and pieces, you know, small doses at the end of your show. You sort of break off and talk about uh, other shit that's going on. Yeah. I mean, uh, I. There's no rules. So I'm not sure why there, you're, you know, you don't have to like paint yourself with just one brush. You could sort of no. go wild if you want. That's true. In fact, I do a show with Sam Tripoli, a group show called The Union of the Unwanted. And Sam has six podcasts that he does. And Jesus. I'm not exaggerating. There's, there's six of them. And uh, one of them is Punch Drunk Sports. And I was like, damn, man, that's perfect for you because uh, he, you can get all of your uh, all of your sports talks out in that in that uh, format there. And so you, you've got a little separation. And his response is, Man, if it wasn't for podcasting, I'd just be a I'd just be one of those insane, crazy people talking to themselves all day long because that's that's all I do. So there's it's a good thing I have a microphone and uh uh and an audience to listen. Otherwise, I'd be institutionalized. Well, so, essentially, he still kind of is a crazy person talking to himself. Though. Yeah, yeah, oh, essentially. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, he's he's. He's crazy as hell, but I, but you know, in the best way possible, sure. you know, he's, he's, he's a harmless, crazy person, but, uh, um, but yeah, the, these, these topics, you know, you, you sort of have to take like a, kind of like a shower after you talk about <laughs> some of these things yes. because they're so dark and heavy. And, and so whether, you know, in, in the, in my octopus book, I tried to infuse as much humor into it as I could because I realized that the topics were so serious and the implications were so alarming that if it was just all negativity or serious uh, topics or, you know, it's it, it might be tempting for people to just throw their hands up and say, well, we're doomed. There's no point. Uh, let's just give up. I don't even want to fight, you know, fight this fight. But I felt that if I could, if I could you know, add some humor, some funny components to it, then it will keep people hanging in there a little bit longer so that they can get through and not, you know, not be fitting themselves for a straitjacket or looking to jump off their roof or something like that to end it all. Because yes, we're up against the, uh, some real evil people up out there, but you know, this, this fight is not over the, the, there's still far more of us, uh, good, decent people in the world than there are these 
malevolent psychopaths that are running things. And it's important for us to have the conversation about these dark topics, but also remind ourselves that we, you know, we've got this amazing life. Uh, We can do almost anything we want with it. It pays to have a good attitude. It pays to be happy. So, so yes, always remember to sort of, you know, take care of your body, take care of your family, um, have fun, enjoy this whole thing, you know, laugh through some of the insanity. It's not to say disregard the insanity because you, you kind of need to be aware of what's happening out there to navigate through it. But, but let's not get bogged down to like, like I have to remind myself sometimes like, do not argue with morons on Twitter. This is not good. This is not a, 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 a optimal use of my time and energy. So checking, you know, turning the computer off from time to time and just uh, hanging out with the family or going outside or doing things that you love. You know, we have to really remember to do that. We So much of our, lo- of our lives have been controlled over this last year by people that have you know, don't have our best interest in mind. So, so a reminder to us to break away from that and, uh, you know, look out for yourself, have some fun. Don't take this whole thing too seriously. We're all going to be dead at some point. You know, we can, we can, we can, we can always be miserable later, but for now let's appreciate the fact that we're living on this planet We're uh, you know, we've got interest. There's never a a shortage of, of interesting things to, uh, look into not all conspiratorial things, you know, amazing aspects of nature and things like that. I, whenever I I've gone to, uh, uh, the last couple of years as a speaker. And when I got done with my speaking, there's a a component you can add on to your experience, like an a la carte item. Uh, and I've added on the DMT ceremonies, uh, both times I've gone, I've done the ayahuasca one and peyote ceremony. So I always feel like, you know, that's a good way for me to kind of check out for a, a, a night and do sort of a, a nice little psychedelic deep dive into, into my own brain and this web of consciousness that's out there and see what's going on. And after you do something like that, you kind of, it's, it's a nice reminder that like, okay, you know, that a lot of this stuff is bullshit. We don't really need to focus on it. Like you can get bogged down in it. Um, but, but there's a much bigger world out there and there's a lot of, there's a lot more good out there than there is evil. So I, I try to keep myself you know, I try to keep myself as balanced as I can, but man, I won't lie to you. There are some times oh, it's when hard. I, I just, yeah. I, it's hard. It's hard, man. It's hard to, it's hard to sometimes remind yourself that this is, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is theater. It's, it's designed to make you insane. And, uh, the social engineers that are running this have, uh, they're very good at what they do. And, and I think that, that we've, we've been through this massive psychological experiment over the last year plus, And it's, uh, it, it would be fascinating. It'd be fascinating to study it if it wasn't, if we weren't in it currently, or if, it, if, if it wasn't so serious, but it's like, uh, we, we, we sort of have to, we have to find that balance between being aware of what's happening, what's going on and the, the sort of dangers that are coming our way at the same time, also recognizing that it's not, it's not the end of the world. And we have other components of our life that we have to sort of, uh, remember to incorporate in and, um, you know, and not get bogged down in all the nastiness. Absolutely. Once again, I do want to thank you for being a part of the Patreon series right here, Charlie. And of course you are the author of the Octopus of Global Control, and of course, the host of the podcast, Macro Aggressions. That's where you can find uh, Charlie. If you want to hear more of him, definitely look him up and 
uh, search his name and you will find him on all sort of um, podcast platforms, I take it. Yes, I'm not the I'm not the country music singer. There is a Charlie Robison that doesn't have an N in the last name that comes up and everyone wonders if maybe I had some sort of country singing mood. background. Yeah, I do not. I, I can assure you of that. Uh, but you can find my stuff at the octopus of global com. Everything uh, that I'm doing sort of winds up there at some point. So uh, that's a good place for people to find me. Or you can follow me on Twitter at macroaggression. But I, I will tell you right now, I'm not long for Twitter. I mean, I've been thrown off once before. It will happen again. It will and, happen. Yeah, uh, no doubt. And uh, by the way, but I use them. I know they're using me to mine mm -hmm. me for data, but I use them. I use them to promote the show. I use them to promote ideas and get information out there and support other content creators that I know and like. So uh, it's a we're we're, we're uh, it's a mutually parasitic relationship I have with Twitter. Understood. And of course, I was going to quickly mention here, this is really random, but you know, your last name, every time I saw Robinson, I kept thinking of uh, Wade Robson, by the way. Yeah. Um, Wade Robson, <laughs> yeah. for those that don't know, that's the guy that was involved in, in the 2013 lawsuit with Michael Jackson. Yes. Which he yes. just lost I recently. Oh, did he lose it? Yeah. It just got uh, not thrown out, but he lost uh, the lawsuit with the Jackson estate. Hmm. Right. He was never molested, by the way. Interesting. Right. What a weird thing to, to, to do. I mean, if you how what what a I mean, what a monster you'd have to be to pretend that you were, <laughs> you know, like how disrespectful to people that actually were. I just I, I can't yeah, imagine. I don't really you know, it, this is um, this goes back to some sort of documentary they did. I'm forgetting exactly when it was, but I did see that documentary and it was pretty disturbing. Whether yeah, it, what, it was leaving Neverland, was it that one? Well, that's that's the one that came before that one, mm. but that was even that one was even crazier. Yeah, I you know the Michael Jackson thing. I never, I don't know, I don't know the ins and outs. I've got a, a buddy, Rich Willett, who's a producer with Iconic, and he swears Michael Jackson was not a pedophile. He was not into any of that. He was he was totally targeted by people inside the music industry, and I and I don't I don't I don't doubt that. Uh, but I, I just don't know enough about that story to know whether or not these guys were telling the truth. These kids are telling the truth. I mean, look, I acknowledge it's totally unnatural to be a grown ass man and have a bunch of sleepovers with, yeah. with little kids. That's that a little is, weird. That is not okay in my book. Yeah, um, I'm thinking he did. I'm thinking he for sure molested a few kids, in my opinion. But whether or not he molested those kids, I, I don't know for sure. But I mean, I don't need to be on the Titanic to know that it sunk. Right. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'll tell you, if you're a parent and Michael Jackson says, can I have your 10 or 11 Jesus year old son Christ. come over for a sleepover <laughs> and you allow that to happen? Well, then you're a co-conspirator in you, this yeah. sort of situation. Yeah, you for sure. You are um, you're enabling this sort of strange uh, behavior that adults should not be partaking in, especially not with underage kids or any kids for that matter. So it's pretty sick. And of course, you know, OJ got off. So, I mean, it doesn't really mean much, right? If you lose in court these days, right? Yeah. OJ's <laughs> got an opinion on the Derek Chauvin trial. There you go. I mean, look, if you're wondering whether or not we live in a simulation, uh, just know that OJ Simpson is on Twitter giving advice about trials. Only in America, yeah. Only in America. Good Gotta love Lord. it. Lord. Well, Charlie, once again, I do want to thank you for being a part of the program. Always a pleasure. It's always fun to have you here. I hope you enjoyed your time, and we'll do this again um, in the future.
future. I always enjoy my time. You, you have got, you and I have got a, a good connection, man. We can talk about all kinds of crazy shit. And, I agree. Uh, and I certainly like your approach to it all. Very nice, Charlie. Once again, thank you so much. Say good night. Good night, everybody.